Amen. Well, let's bring to this pulpit tonight evangelist Chris Hilton. We know we're going to hear from God, but we only get out of the Word what we put in the Word. Let's don't let him preach to us. Let's preach with him. Amen. Are you going to help the evangelist preach? God bless you. Can we just lift our hands unto the Lord tonight? Amen. Come on, somebody just lift your hands, lift your voice. Hallelujah. If you've come here hungry, if you've come here just wanting a move of God tonight, oh, I invite you to lift your hands and your voice with me. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah, Lord, would you come like rain in this place? Saturate us right now with your spirit. We need a move, Lord. We need a move of your spirit tonight. Oh, come on. You can do a little better than that. Would you lift your voice and your hands a little louder right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. Lord, I'm desperate. Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, I'm hungry for a move tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I believe it was David who said, As the deer pent that after the water, so my soul thirsted after thee. Is there anybody thirsty for the Lord tonight? You're just thirsty for a move of God. You're just thirsty for his presence. You're just thirsty for a move of God tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. Amen. One more time, I just want to give honor unto Pastor Kyle and Sister Kyle. Thank you guys so much for the invitation. Um, again, I, I'll, I'll echo the words um, that, I, that I said this morning, that you guys are surely or certainly blessed with the best here. Amen. Amen. You, you ought to be thankful uh, to, to have a pastor like Pastor Kyle, amen, that loves people. He loves his saints, amen, and we're just thankful for that. My wife and I truly appreciate uh, Pastor and Sister Kyle very much. Thank you for believing in me, amen, hallelujah, believing in our ministry, amen, hallelujah. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, amen, to the praise singers, uh, what an awesome job you did this morning and tonight, amen. I, I love good worship, I love good singing, I love good playing, amen, hallelujah. How many know there's power in music? Amen, hallelujah. It, some, there, I've been in worship services where the preacher didn't even get a chance to preach, amen, because the worship was just so anointed and the Holy Ghost would just take over, amen. Hallelujah. So I give honor to the music team as well. One more time. So glad my wife is with me. I give her honor as well. Amen. Certainly my better half. Amen. I, I, I don't want to be long tonight. I do feel like the Lord wants to do something in this place. I do feel like he wants to perform miracles for some people tonight. He wants to demonstrate his power in this place tonight. Amen. I just need you to lift your fate with me, though. Amen. I just need you to lift your faith with me and believe that God can do it. Yes. Amen. You've tried everything in your human nature to get it done and you fail, but I need you to put your trust in God tonight because he's able. Amen. Luke 1 and 37, when you have it, would you say amen? It's a very popular passage of scripture. Let's read that together this morning. Amen. 
I mean tonight. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Come on, I need y'all to say that with me with some faith, with some fervor tonight. Come on, let's say that. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, if you believe that, would you just lift your hands and your voice and just begin to magnify the Lord in this place? Come on, if you truly believe that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Would you lift your voice and lift your hands and just begin to worship him right now? Come on, begin to praise him in advance for that miracle that you've been, you've been hoping for, you've been praying for. Hallelujah. Come on, some prayers are about to get answered tonight. Hallelujah. There's about to be breakthrough in this house tonight. There's about to be signs, miracles, and wonders in this house tonight. Oh, come on. That's it. Just a little louder. Just a little louder. Just a little louder. Clap your hands and you may be seated in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. If I could put a title on this tonight, I would call it putting God in the equation. Putting God in the equation. Turn to, your, to, turn to somebody next to you and tell them, put God in the equation. Amen. Put him in the equation. In studying, I've found that physicists and linguists and even philosophers have had much debate and difficulty trying to pin down this simple idea of nothing. I read an article where they were questioning whether or not such a thing as nothing even exists at all. But by definition, nothing can be described as something that does not exist. No thing, not anything. Nothing speaks of emptiness. It speaks of a void, not containing anything, nothing. It's just not there. You can't make something out of nothing. Can't make something out of uh, out of of something that does not exist. We even use phrases such as "good for nothing." There's some mothers that look look at their sons and they go, "Man, that that boy is good for nothing." There's some wives that look at their husbands and say, "Man, that man is good for nothing." And what we're really saying when we say, it is, say that is that that person holds no value. They're good for nothing. There's, there's no value in nothing. There, there's no real purpose in nothing. It's just not there. Nothing holds no purpose. It, 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 it's useless. It's helpless. It's hopeless. But it's important to note tonight that nothing in our eyes is not the same as nothing in the eyes of God. Nothing in the hands of God is not the same as nothing in our hands. Can I just preach to someone tonight and let them know that God has the ability to call those things that are not as though they were. I want to tell you tonight that God is able to reach into nothing and, and open up a door that does not exist and make a way out of no way. God can do anything with nothing. In the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the book of beginning, we are introduced to the God of the universe. The CEO, the chief operator of the universe, we, we're introduced to him, his omnipotence, his divine abilities. In Genesis 1 and 2 would let us know that the earth was without form and void. 
That word void comes from the Hebrew word bohu, meaning to be empty or containing nothing. And therefore, what scripture was trying to tell us was that the earth was empty and full of nothing. However, it is there that we see God, the creator, speaking to nothing and creating everything. It is there he says to nothing, let there be light and there was light. It is there he says to nothing, let there be a firmament and there was a firmament created. He speaks to nothing and says, let there be lights in the firmament, which would divide the day and night and be used for signs and seasons. And the Bible says, and it was so. Nothing was not able to limit God from moving. And I just tell you tonight, I don't believe it's by coincidence that the Bible starts with the story of creation. I believe that God wanted every reader to know that from the beginning, he wasn't just some ordinary God. He's not some lowercase G-O-D, but he is God Almighty, whose power is infinite, who is able to create something out of nothing. Clap your hands if you believe that tonight. I believe God was letting us know that when you've come to a place in life where you feel as if you have no hope, where you feel as if you've exhausted all your resources, where you feel as if you're out of options, where you feel as if you've got nothing left, that if you would just put him in the equation of your lives, that he can begin to do the miraculous for you. Can I just preach to someone tonight who feels as if you've tried everything you've known how to do. You've exhausted all your resources. You've tried all the options. You've gone to everybody you know to go to and nothing is getting better. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, you're still in the same spot that you started out. Can I just tell you tonight that if you're here and you feel as if you've got nothing, you got exactly what God needs to perform a miracle in your life tonight brother Rashard God needs nothing to perform a miracle and so if you're here tonight and you're saying man I have nothing to offer can I tell you you've got exactly what God needs to do the miraculous in your life you've got exactly what God needs to demonstrate his power in your life Nothing is that raw material in which God uses to perform miracles. He is God, the creator. The Bible tells us that God is great and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. You cannot find out the greatness of God because there's no limits to his greatness. There, there's no cap that you can put on his greatness. There is no situation that you can bring to God that leaves him scratching his head and wondering how am I going to work this out for this child or for this son, this daughter. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says his greatness is unsearchable. You find the oldest saint and you ask them, and I would tell you that that oldest saint, they haven't found out all there is to find out about God. They could be a hundred years old, but can I tell you, they haven't found out all there is to find out about God. It's great and greatly to be praising his greatness is unsearchable. You, you can't search it out. It's past finding out. 
Someone needs to know that tonight. He is great and greatly to be praised. He is God, the creator. He is a God of compassion. He is Christ, the solid rock. He's wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the everlasting father. He is the mighty God. He's the prince of peace. He is the I am that I am. He is the El Shaddai. He is the Lord Almighty. He is Jehovah Nissi. He is. Let me just slow down for a little bit. Because we're not dealing with some regular God. We're not, we're not dealing with a God that slumbers or sleep, the Bible tells us. How many glad that you serve a God that doesn't need to wear pajamas tonight? He, don't, he doesn't need a pillow. Hallelujah. The Bible says the God of Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Serve a God that's, that's limited in power. He's not just God on Sunday, but he's God on Monday. He's, he, he's not just God uh, over the little things, but he's God over the big things. The issues that you think that he can't handle. Can I tell you that when you put it into his hands, he is able to turn that situation around for you. I told Moses, go to my people. I'm going to use you to deliver them. And when they ask you who sent you, tell them the I am that, that I am sent you. When you study that term out. Really what Jesus was saying, what really what God was saying, he was trying to tell them, listen, whatever you need me to be, I can be that for you because it's already in my nature. It's already who, who I am. Come on, somebody. I need you to listen to me tonight. It, it, it's almost as if God took a blank check and he, he wrote it and paid it to the order of Israel. And, and, he, and he left the amount blank because he was saying, listen, you're going to get to a place in life. Uh, just... Whatever you need from me, Brother Aaron Rob, just write the amount on the check. Because... I'm not limited by your new circumstances. I'm not limited by your new problems. They might be new to you, but they're nothing to me. When you need a provider, you just need to call Jesus. When you need a healer, all you need to do is call Jesus. When you need a friend, all you need to do is call Jesus. He says, I am the I am that I am. It's in my nature already. It's not a new thing to me. I don't have to Google the answers for you because it's already in my nature. Somebody clap your hands if you believe that tonight. God you serve is no ordinary God he can do anything with your nothing he's omnipresent he's omniscient he's omnipotent he's all-powerful he's everywhere he's all-knowing he is eternal he is from everlasting to everlasting you need to understand need to understand tonight that without this God we are nothing 
There's a parallel between us, man, and the state of the earth in its beginning stages, how it was formless and empty. I believe that humanity is the same without God. Man is nothing on his own. Bible tells us that God would reach down into the dust of the ground and he would form man. And after he created man, he looked at man and said that that creation was very good. After all, we are made in the image and likeness of God. But the Bible says it was not until God breathed the breath of life into man that man became a living soul. And so while man looked good, you might drive a nice car, you might be wearing a nice tie. You might be wearing a fancy suit. Ladies, your hair might be done up nice, but can I tell you that unless God is in your life, uh, you are nothing. uh, Without the Spirit of God, you are empty. I don't care what you own. I don't care what's in your bank account. I don't care uh, how many degrees you have. You might have more degrees uh, than a thermometer. Can I tell you tonight uh, that without God, you are nothing. You are nothing without God. That's why it's such a miraculous thing when God steps into our life and he, he saves us. Because when we, when we think back on, 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 on how he brought us out of sin, how he brought us up out of the miry clay. When I look back over my life and I begin to think things over, Pastor Kyle, I, I, I realize that had it not been for the Lord who was on my side. Uh, Brother Jesse, there's no telling where I would be. I would be lost. I'd be a wreck. Come on, do I have anybody that can testify with me tonight that it had not been for the Lord? hallelujah I'd be a mess I'd probably be in the grave but thanks be to God who is rich in who is rich in mercy Paul said and you hath he quickened who was dead in trespasses and sins he begins to talk about all these things that we Before Christ came into our lives, how messed up we were. But then he says, but God, who is rich in mercy. Sometimes we just got to stop and give God a but God praise. I was a mess, but God. I was a wreck, but God. I could have been dead, but God. I could have still been lost, but God. I wish there was somebody here with me. Hallelujah. That can stand and say, but God. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to roll back the curtains of your life. Hallelujah. And revisit some things of the past. Hallelujah. Sometimes what happens is we've been in church for so long. We done forgot that it was God. That God is here. We done forgot that it was God. I didn't make it here on my own. If it was up to me, I would have been a wreck. But God, but God, Bible would tell us, hallelujah, that that Seth would, would, would give birth to a son by the name of Enos. And the Bible says it was then that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. That name Enos means humankind or man. It's generally interpreted as weak and feeble and frail and miserable. And can I just tell you tonight that us humans are frail. We're miserable. I know we'd like to think that we have it all together. I know we'd like to think that we're all that in a bag of chips. I know we'd like to think that life revolves around us. But can I tell you tonight that we are nothing without God. You want to know how I know we're nothing? 
COVID-19. If there was anything that made me realize that us humans are frail, it's COVID-19. It pops up on the scene and everybody is running and hiding. We can't go to church because of COVID-19. We, 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 we can't worship because of COVID-19. And if we do happen to go to church, I don't know about going out to that altar. I, I know I need a miracle, but I'm not going to go down to the altar because I don't, I don't want anybody touching me. And then I'm going to get COVID-19. I'm not overlooking the fact that there is a virus and that this virus is real and people have gotten sick and people have died from this thing. But I know a God who is able to keep and preserve you. Come on, somebody. We've got to get to a point uh, where we, it's either we're going to declare that God is greater than anything uh, that we might face in life, uh, or we might as well pack it up and go home. But life, Sister Kyle, has just become one big masquerade party because everybody's wearing masks. COVID-19 has revealed to me that we're really not as important as we think we are. And we're really not all that as we think we are. One disease steps on the scene, or virus rather, and everyone's running into hiding. People don't even want to come to church because COVID-19. Mm. Job would let us know that man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He, he, he fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. You look at people in Hollywood, in the world, no matter how much they attain in this life, they always seem to be searching for more. Always going on to, from one thing to the next, never seeming to be satisfied. It's because the truth of the matter is they are void and they are empty and full of nothing and in need of Almighty God. Money fades. Beauty fades. Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but it is God who is eternal. He is the everlasting father. No wonder why that old songwriter says you can take this whole world, but just give me Jesus. Why? Because he is the only thing that is constant. He is the only thing that never changes. Give me Jesus in the morning. Give him, give him to me in the evening. Every moment of the day, just give me Jesus. John 15, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. On our own, we are hopeless. On our own, we are helpless. On our own, we are simply nothing. In that very same chapter, he makes it clear that the opposite of this is also true. That if you abide in me and my words in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. If without God's presence and spirit, I can do nothing. Then if I put God in the equation, oh, I can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who. It's a simple math equation tonight. 
Us plus Jesus equals everything. You want the answer to everything? Just put Jesus in the equation. You want to get to nothing? Just remove Jesus from the equation. The thing that makes that equation so powerful, it's Jesus. Because when you remove him, you have nothing. But when you add him to the equation, you have every single thing. You know, when we, when we use that term nothing, a lot of times what we're trying to say is, so, you know, God, I, 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 need, I need a miracle or I need, I, need some, I need some money, something, whatever the case might be. And you might have $15 in your pockets, but to you that $15 is nothing. That's what we're saying. That's really what we're saying. When we say nothing, it's, sometimes it's not that we don't have anything, but what we have, we don't value. I probably should have titled this message, Nothing But Faith. Because all you need, really, is your faith. You might feel as if you had got nothing. But when you can begin to lift your hands in faith and begin to call out unto your God and invite him into your nothingness, it sets the stage for the miraculous to begin to happen in your life. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what makes you go, you know what? I have nothing left to offer. Can I just tell you that you've got nothing but your faith? And that is all you need tonight for God to begin to move right now. Somebody clap your hands up to the Lord. Bible tells us that Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus to go lay hands on his daughter. And she's in need of a healing. And on the way there, there's a crowd that begins to follow Jesus. Now, while all this is happening, there's a woman that has an issue of blood. She's had this issue for 12 years. And now she has hit rock bottom. She has spent everything. Every single dime that she had, she gave it to doctors. And the Bible says they weren't able to help her. And now all she has is this issue. And nothing left to give. Sometimes God will allow us to get down to nothing. In order to do something in our lives. Isn't it quite interesting that the moment she decided to give Jesus a chance was when she had nothing left to give to the doctors? But the Bible says when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press. And touched 
his garment. The religious law of that day deemed her unclean. She had to be ostracized. This, this woman was condemned by religious law to, to a feeling, a belief that, that she was soiled and unworthy and she was simply nothing. Here's the good thing. People who feel as if they're nothing, people who feel as if they have nothing to lose. You know what I like about those kind of people, Brother Richard? They aren't worried about what people have to say. Jewish law said she couldn't be out there. She wasn't supposed to be in the mix of people. According to law, she wasn't supposed to be in the mix. She wasn't supposed to be in the press. You ever heard a story of maybe somebody that's strung out on drugs? They, have, they, they don't have anything. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to get the next fix. They don't care what people got to say because really they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. And so whatever it takes to get my next fix, I'm willing to do it. I wonder if there's somebody here that says, you know what? I've got nothing else to lose. And whatever it takes for me to get to Jesus, I'm willing to do it. I don't care about what people might say. I don't care about how I might look. I've got nothing and I need something from God. She had no money. But she also had no shame. There was no shame in her game. She didn't care about what people might think. She didn't care about the law. After all, she had nothing to lose. What are you trying to say, preacher? We've got to get to a place of nothing. Uh, we've got to get to a place uh, where we put it all out the door for God to move in our lives tonight. Lord just brought back to memory the story of Saul. And when Samuel finds Saul, Saul wasn't even thinking about be, being king. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't anything in his plan, Pastor Kyle. That just wasn't something that he thought about. He, he was just going out. His father had sent him out to go find a, 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 some lost animal of theirs and Way out there, uh, the Lord sends Samuel to, to, to Saul and says, listen, the Lord has chosen you to be king over Israel. The Bible says that, in my own words, Saul looked at Samuel and said, listen, who am I that the Lord would anoint me to be king over Israel? Really what, really what Saul was trying to tell Samuel was, listen, I, I'm a nobody. I, I don't have anything to offer. I have nothing. I'm nothing. Why would God consider me to be king? We would fast forward through the life of Saul. He would win a few battles. Things are going good. After a while, he would begin disobeying the commands of God. 
Bible says this one particular mission that the Lord sends Saul and his, his, his army on, they're, they're supposed to go down to Amalek and they're supposed to wipe out that entire city and the king. Long story short, Saul and the people disobeyed God. And so the Lord is upset now with Saul and he sends Samuel and says, listen, it, it, it repented me of making Saul king. Samuel steps on the scene after everything is done. They're doing this back and forth and they're beginning to argue. Somewhere in that argument, Samuel stops and he looks at Saul and he reminds him. He says, hey, do you remember when you were little in your own eyes? Do you remember when I found you that you didn't think anything of yourself? In your eyes, you were nothing. And it was in that moment that God would have, that God poured out his anointing on you for you to become king. Brother Hilton, what are you saying? That if you want the miraculous in your life, that if you want the hand of God to move in your life, then you've got to, got to get to a place of nothing. You've got to get to a... The problem with some of us is that we think we can do it on our own and we can do it all by ourselves. But until we get to a place of nothingness... And what I like about the story of creation is that when God steps on the scene and he begins to speak, there's no one there to debate him. There's no one there to question his authority. He just speaks and it begins to happen because there's nothing there to stand in the way. Amen. The problem with some of us. The reason why God can do what he wants to do in your life is because you've, you've, you've got too much of something else. You're full of yourself. You, you think you've got it all together. You think you know what's best for your life. And God is saying, oh, you've got to get to a place of nothing. For with me, nothing is impossible. With me, nothing sets the stage for the miraculous to take place in your life tonight. Oh, Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, when, when, when you had to trust in me, when you had to lean on me, when, 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 you, when, when you didn't think that you could do it on your own, Saul, it was in that moment that I, that I allowed the man of God to pour out the anointing on you. Uh, can I just tell somebody in the Holy Ghost right now that God is one of, wanting to pour out the Holy Ghost in your life. Uh, he's wanting to demonstrate his power in your life, uh, but you've got to get to a place uh, when you can declare that, Lord, uh, I'm nothing, uh, I have nothing. Who here needs a move of God tonight? Who here needs a touch from the Lord tonight? Would you just lift your hands and say, Lord, I, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing, Lord. 
I'm nothing, Jesus. I, I, I need you. I've got to put you in the equation of my life. Without you, I have nothing. I, I, I know you can sing well, but can I tell you with God, you have nothing. I, I know you dress well, but can I tell you without God, you're nothing. Oh, somebody needs to lift their hands right now and begin to cry out and say, Lord, I have nothing. I am nothing. But with you, but with you, hallelujah. I can have anything. Oh, I wish somebody would get to a place of nothingness. I wish somebody would get to a place of nothingness tonight. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. You want the miraculous? Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and say, God, I'm nothing. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me tonight. Saul. All got to a place where he became prideful. Thought he had all the resources. Thought he could do it on his own. Got to a place where he stopped obeying the commands of God. People that have nothing, they... People will have nothing. They will lean on God for everything. Writer of Proverbs would tell us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, put him in the equation. In all your ways, in everything that you do, put him in the equation of your life and he will direct your path. The Bible also tells us that the, the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord. Jesse, can I borrow you for a second? Steps of a righteous man, they're ordered by the Lord. Anybody here that served in the Army or the Navy or Marines, they give orders. It's up to the soldier to obey the orders. So when God says move forward, Brother Jesse is supposed to move forward. When he says move left, he's supposed to move left. And when he says to move right, he's supposed to move right. Our interpretation of that scripture is, our steps are ordered as if God is the one that is forcing every step. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. God gives the command and it's up to the man to follow the commands. You want to you want to know how to put God in the equation? 
It's not until you decide that you are not the captain of your own soul. It's not until you decide and you get to a place of nothing and you say, you know what, I have nothing left. And so whatever God says for me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever decisions that I'm going to make, I'm going to seek the Lord first. I'm going to go to him first for the answer. I'm going to. Uh, put God in the equation tonight. Oh, God. I, 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 I don't know why I'm preaching this right now, but I, I feel led by the Holy Ghost. The call for somebody that's been trying to do it by themselves. You've been trying to do ministry by yourself. You've, you've been trying to do it your way. You, you've, been, you've, been, you've, been, you've just been trying to do it on talent alone. God is saying, you've got to get to a place of nothingness in order for me to do super, something supernatural in your life. You might be preaching, it, but nothing's happening. You might be singing, but nothing's happening because God is not in the mix. God is not in the equation of what you're doing. Listen, you don't have to put on a show for anyone tonight. You, you, you don't have to have, act like, as if you've got it all together tonight. God is wanting you to get to a place where you're not ashamed of saying, God, I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. I don't care what people say. I need you in my life. Because it's not until you put God in the equation that you will experience the miraculous. You want to come down to this altar? This altar is open to you right now. I'm sorry this wasn't a shouting message. I'm sorry this wasn't an aisle-running message, but uh, somebody needs to understand tonight. With God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Come on, that's it. Lord, I'm nothing. Lord, I'm nothing. Lord, I'm nothing. And I need you. I need you. Come on, you want the miraculous in your life? Declare, declare in me. Just be honest. Be open with him. Lord, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. That's it. Come on, that's it. I'm nothing, Lord. I have nothing, Lord. I've tried it on my own, Lord. I've exhausted all my resources. I've done everything I know in my own knowledge and wisdom to do. And I've still come up empty. 
That's because God is not in the equation. That's because God is not in the equation. Ah, but the moment that you start to declare, God, I need you. God, I have nothing left to put on the table. That is the moment that you begin putting him in the equation. And that is the moment that he'll begin moving in your life. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Cry out to him tonight. Cry out to him tonight. Lord, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing without you, Jesus.